I'm Frederick Gerten, and I'm the filmmaker. And I'm Leilani Farha, and I'm the advocate. And I just asked you if you're ready to go, and then you're like almost not ready to go. How, how are you over there? Is it like in the early morning? It's early morning, and I have been working so very hard to, until the wee hours. So a little sleep deprived over here, all in the name of the right to housing. You, are, you sacrifice your sleep for, for people's homes. Yeah, it's... You're a sleep-deprived hero. <laughs> Sad, but, but true. But Leilani, it, we're entering into summer. I mean, I've I actually been in the sea swimming every day. It's so nice here in Malmö right now. And now people start to think, can we travel? Mm -hmm. How are we going to stay? Is it the Airbnb season coming up? Do we have an issue with Airbnb? Well, of course we have an issue with Airbnb. Most cities have an issue with Airbnb because, and it's not just, let's be clear, it's not just Airbnb, though they may be the most aggressive, but it's the short-term rental platforms eating up long-term housing stock. This is something we're going to talk about today, but first you were, you were about to share some news with us. Well, it might not be news to you, but it's news to me. Ah. We know our friends Blackstone and we talk about them periodically in this podcast and in Push the Film. What some people don't know is that Blackstone used to be part of a partnership with what is now known as Black Rock. And we don't talk about Black Rock so much. We've really been focusing on the stone, not the rock. But I found out just yesterday that Black Rock is very active as a shareholder in a lot of the purchasing of apartments that we talk about. And for example, we've talked about the merger of uh, Deutsche Wohnen and Venovia in Germany, now a mega landlord, and the major shareholder of those two entities is BlackRock. So we have to keep them under our uh, magnifying glass. We should. And Vonovia is then this big German financialized housing company. Yes. All coming totally from the financial sector. And they were the ones who bought uh, Blackstone's investment in Sweden. That's right. Hembla. Yes. An, yeah. And then they bought another big one called Victoria Park. So they're like, they are, this Vonovia is the biggest private owner of Swedish uh, suburbia or, or, or low-income low housing. Right. So BlackRock so is in your backyard. They are totally. They are on, almost there on my street, I tell you. So it's... it's uh, and this is the what we see. It's like in every street there are there's a building owned by someone who's sitting really, really far away. That's scary. But now we're going to fly to... Amsterdam, Amsterdam, the city of canals. And, and we had a beautiful journey to, to Amsterdam with PUSH because PUSH was presented at a, the world's biggest and most important uh, documentary film festival called ITFA in Amsterdam. And, and ITFA gave us such a beautiful placing. We played at the Carré Theatre by the Amstel River 
and we had 1,300 people in the audience. And that film was in, that showing was in cooperation with a big newspaper called Volkskrant. And it was the editor of the, of the newspaper who presented the film on stage. But there was also a housing man from Amsterdam who was making a review to Volkskrant about the film. And now we're going to meet Gert-Jan Bakker, who is, is a consultant at the NGO called Voorn, who works for the city of Amsterdam. Welcome to Pushback Talks. Tell us about your work at Voorn. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks. Um, yes, I work with a, a kind of an NGO. It's called Woon. Woon, it means like living on Dutch. And we support all kinds of, uh, all residents in Amsterdam uh, on housing issues. So people are looking for a place to live, for a room or for an apartment. Uh, sometimes there are very old people who have problems with paying the rent and maybe uh, threatened to get kicked out. Sometimes young students coming to Amsterdam, loads and loads of expats these days coming to Amsterdam. Also due to Brexit, uh, we have an inflow of uh, loads of uh, expats. And yeah, we help them. Um, we give them advice on housing, but also on the, we look at their contracts. Are there legal rent contracts or are they, um, is the, the, the landlord trying to, to, to scam them or rip them off? Um, we look into the, the rent price, the service costs, the maintenance of the building is still properly well maintained. Yeah, everything on, on housing in Amsterdam. And we are paid by the, by the municipality to help out people. And we do that uh, for free, of course, then. So cool. So you saw, you reviewed Push and then you saw it at uh, the theater. It's also been on Dutch TV several times. Yes. Uh, so, so why has why is push relevant for you and Leilani's work rele relevant for you in Amsterdam? Yeah, it's relevant because it gives some insight on um, what's happening behind the scenes of the real estate business market. Um, a lot of tenants in Amsterdam, well, they pay their rent to a local agency, but they don't know what's 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 going on behind the scenes. Um, so it's good that we have some more understanding of the international trade of housing. Um, Blackstone is a big one. Not yeah, there are several big ones, like uh, also from from Sweden. We have Heimstaden, and they're buying loads of properties. It's also um, because of um, the last government we had. Um, they went to real estate markets in Europe, and they said, "Well, buy Dutch social housing." And big market, uh, big uh, real estate investors, they uh, took that opportunity, and government made it very profitable for them. So what the previous government did, they uh, changed the law uh, by the, changing the rent contracts. Now, uh, uh, more than half, more than 50% of the new tenants, they get a temporarily renting contract for the, for the time of two years, and then you have to move out again. So that means that real estate uh, uh, landlords, they're very flexible. They can have their houses empty within a couple of years. So that's new. And another thing uh, that previous government did was to liberal liberalize rent prices. We had a very strong rent control 
if you paid too much rent, you could go to the yeah sort of a, a rent tribunal, a sort of court case kind of thing. But less and less and less tenants have the right to 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 have that uh, rent protection. So now they just have to pay whatever the market wants them to pay. So an, an apartment in Amsterdam, which was maybe 600 euro maximum 10 years ago, is now rent out for 2,000 euro. Oh my God. And if that landlord decides to put in four students, then he makes a calculation. Well, each student can pay 600 euro for a room. So then it's four by four times 600. So an apartment, which was maximum 600 euro, 10 years ago is rented out now for 2,400. So that was um, all done in the, well, like I said, previous government. So they liberalized the the very strong rent controlled um, in Dutch Volkshuisvesting. That means um, housing for all. And that was liberalized, sold and marketed out. Um, And then the Blackstones and, 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 also, other um, internationally uh, organized big corporations came to the Netherlands. This film push helped to to give this understanding because uh, me and other uh, people working in the in this business we we know this, but the film made it um, accessible for everybody. So that's very good. Yeah, and Leilani, it seems like it's it's a very scary situation in Amsterdam. Sure, it sure is, and um, it just. It echoes and reminds me completely of Ireland, which is one of the most financialized housing markets in the world. Um, Roundhill Capital is another one of the big actors that also appears in both Ireland and in Amsterdam. Um, And they, I think, are also um, contributing to this idea that when you group students, for example, into a a residence, then you can charge every student a, a huge sum. Um, And of course, our young people are under such siege already, you know, they're contending with so much. It's so predatory on young people and of course, on their families whom they expect will help pay these exorbitant rents. It's uh, really phenomenal to hear this rent increase you mentioned from 600 euros to 2000 in just a few years. When Frederick and I were in Amsterdam for the screening of PUSH, I visited one of the social housing complexes uh, where uh, it was trying to be sold off, but the residents were really strong and pushing against it. And I met with them. It was actually an empty social housing uh, unit, I believe. And we met there um, and they were kind of like squatting at trying to really resist uh, the sale of this uh, unit. And I believe they were successful. Uh, but of course, I then later transitioned out of being rapporteur and I never heard uh, exactly what happened. Ger, tell us about the, the, the pushback. How, how do you defend yourself? What is your tactics against this? That, that's what we call pushback. Um, well, a lot of people just can't live in Amsterdam anymore. Um, I, I would love to see people getting more organized to uh, to organize themselves to 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 make a, a, yeah, a strong fist against this housing crisis. Um, we have some actions, of course, going on. Like uh, Lailani Lani said, um, she went to, when she visited Amsterdam. She went to this kind of squad. Um, this group is still active every. Every single Saturday, they go to an apartment owned by social housing corporations. 
um, but who are uh, those apartments are getting sold uh, to the highest bidder, of course. So um, this group is going uh, to those places with, with, with banners and, and trying to mobilize the neighborhood. Mobilization is very still very difficult. Um, I don't know why exactly, because Amsterdam is changing so fast right now. Um, even if you have a good income and you have a partner with a good income, just uh, uh, like a regular um, income, you can't buy anymore in Amsterdam. Renting is even more expensive than buying a place. But well, if you can't buy, well, uh, you can't even, you can also uh, can't rent a place anymore. It's just getting too, too high, the prices. Um, so Amsterdam is changing rapidly. But we are in a serious, serious uh, crisis right now, um, and there is not a solution. Uh, we just have elections. They're forming, trying to form a new uh, government, but the, the right wing uh, parties, they won. And they are, they still believe they have this dogma of market, market, market. And I think that it's just this market who uh, uh, turned us into this crisis. Um, so they uh, took away rent control, they took away uh, rent protection, and that's why we are in this crisis. This is scary. We, it's getting to be a very depressed report from Amsterdam right now. <laughs> yeah. We have to cheer up a little bit. So, yes, yes, well, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> the city of Amsterdam has a different government, and they, uh, I understand that they are trying to, to like push back a little bit. So, yeah. And I know that the city of Amsterdam has been striking hard against Airbnb. And can you, yeah. can you tell us about the, the Airbnb regulations that have been put in place in Amsterdam? Yeah, like uh, like ten years ago, we we get we, at Woon, we got the first complaints from residents, like, "Hey, uh, my neighbors left, and now it's kind of a hotel." Well. Um, so that was the, were the first um, experiences we had with Airbnb, um, and we got more and more complaints. So we tried to organize that to, to gather all those complaints because this, the municipality didn't see it yet at that time. So we made this uh, just very simple internet form, and people could, uh, yeah, uh, gave us some data of which addresses was rent rent out as, as, as illegal hotels. Um, but it was at that time we were almost the only one who were critical. Everybody was, yeah, it's so good and disruptive is hip and nice and happening. And, and, and even the city, the municipality, they thought, oh, it's very good that uh, also the people in the in, in uh, residential areas can uh, profit from tourism and uh, let's get uh, let let's uh, so not all the money goes to the hotels, but the normal people can. Um, enjoy some money as well. Um, and then the municipality um, didn't want to fight um, Airbnb, but made an agreement, um, uh, a memorandum of understanding, it was called, in 2014. And that meant that Airbnb had a very good uh, PR moment uh, because now they were, well, whitewashed in Europe because they were an official partner of the municipality of Amsterdam. And Airbnb didn't do, well, almost nothing. Um, the only thing they had, they said they would do is to collect, collect the tourist tax. 
So a couple of years, they paid like 5 million euros to the uh, municipality. And therefore, um, Airbnb could do, well, whatever they wanted. But of course, there were also rules because what was happening, uh, a lot of um, landlords, also slum lords and Dutchy uh, cowboy uh, type landlords, they bought up places, houses, tried to kick out the tenants, put in some bunk beds and, uh, ex- and, and, and yeah, started hotels. Well, of course, you cannot start a hotel in a, in, in a dwelling, in housing. Um, so the city made rulings like, okay, you can maximum rent out a house for 60 days a year. Right now, that's 30 days to a maximum of four people each time. And right now you have, you need a permit from the city. If I want to rent out my property on Airbnb this weekend, I need a permit. And I also have to tell the municipality, like this weekend, I will uh, rent it out to four people. So the city will also know how many days I've rented it out. And after 30 days, they say, oh, you can't rent out anymore. Another Latest thing that is from this year, um, new national law was introduced that um, if you want to rent out on Airbnb or different platforms like Booking.com, a very big Amsterdam-based company as well, you have to apply for a registration number and you have to put that in your ad because Airbnb did never tells any addresses. So um, it was difficult for the city to maintain the laws because they didn't know at which addresses were rented out exactly. Like in Amsterdam, there are 20,000 addresses on the Airbnb website alone. So, but an anonymously addresses, Airbnb did not want to share that information. So the city said like, yeah, how can we maintain uh, the rules? So with this registration number, the city can kind of control it. So we have to see if this will, will work. I think it's, it's well, getting better and better. Um, we did see after the municipality gave uh, some, some yeah, really dodgy landlords uh, fines up to 300,000 euro um, that um, we have less uh, big illegal hotels. So not the big canal buildings with 60 uh, beds in them, like totally illegal hotels. We don't see that anymore, but we still have thousands of just normal apartments, normal flats. Um, no one is living there anymore. We still have a very big lack of of housing in Amsterdam. Um, and then it's very harsh to see that we still have thousands of apartments no Amsterdam are living there anymore. Only tourists coming in and out. It's, I mean, of course, that is, this is how it starts, like a, a friendly relation. And I totally see what Kertjan says. I mean, I also loved Airbnb in the beginning and because I was actually then staying in people's homes. And suddenly when you book a, an Airbnb, you say, okay, but there's nobody living here. And then you see other tourists in the next door and the next door and the next door. And there, may, there might be then a neighbor, an old lady who's been living there, but she looks like, okay, not one more. And, uh, and of course, in a city like Amsterdam, where a lot of people come to party, it also means yeah. that it's, it's also, <laughs> you also have 10 young Brits who are partying all night in a place where you want to, where you live with your family. 
don't forget the sweets. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but indeed, um, it doesn't mix residential and and a hotel function in one building on one staircase. Uh, it just doesn't mix. I think our listeners might uh, like to hear about the scale of this in Amsterdam. I read at one point that one in fifteen dwellings in Amsterdam showed up on Airbnb. I read another statistic that said that there in 2018, there were 30,000 Airbnb listings. And that was up from just 7,000 a few years, I think four years earlier. And Amsterdam is also a quite a small city. It's a city of 900,000 exactly. people. And, and, a, and then a lot of people you know, want to hang out in in the center of Amsterdam, where you where like the old canals are. And I've been I'm, I've been coming into Amsterdam for for years and years and years and years. And, and suddenly you notice that there are no the, no local people there anymore, uh, or very few. So it's 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 an extreme change of of the city. Yeah, and the, the scale indeed it's 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 massive. Uh, tens of thousands. Uh, the last figure I heard was twenty thousand uh, dwellings on on Airbnb from only Amsterdam. Um, it went down, of course, a bit due to Corona. But now, um, if you go b- to the center of the city right now, it's like uh, busy as ever before, as never before. So uh, that's back again. Um, the profits to be made on, 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 if you have a property in the center of Amsterdam, the profits they can make by illegally renting it out by it's um, in the center, you can get like a 300 euro a night for an apartment well even if you have a 70 percent uh rent out uh rating um you make thousands of euros which you cannot make by uh, renting it out to 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 uh to amsterdamers so yeah a lot of uh, landlords uh, they buy these properties and they know okay i'm illegal uh renting it out illegally um i'll pay the fines whatever i'll just try it and now we have neighborhoods we, we did see it last year when the lockdown was here as well. Everybody was inside their homes and it was dark. It was uh, March last year, March of April, the, the lockdown, everybody at home. There were some neighborhoods and there were no lights burning on the red light district in the very, uh, yeah, the, the, the center also. Um, it used to be also a residential area. And, and, and bars and cafes, of course. But now there were no lights at all. So how did that, what was that? So there no people living anymore there. Lelani, I know that you are a, a friend of capitalism. <laughs> and uh, you say so in push. You have no problem with capitalism, and that's fine. So why shouldn't somebody owning a house in Amsterdam being able to make money? out of it mm. you know it's like it's you know you invest some money and there's a return of your investment isn't that how it should work well i think Gert already told us of how it's damaging our cities and our communities and and in fact damaging the very thing that people are traveling for that authentic experience of walking through a neighborhood and seeing local people and local life that's what airbnb was originally selling and now they've undermined their own 
um, you know, business vision so that you're walking through cities, as I said, with no lights on, no locals, it's only touristed. You're, they're becoming, you know, Saskia Sassen says cities are becoming monocultural. Uh, you know, you could be in you know, any city, anywhere, they're all the same. And, and, and it's, it's actually also just not fair. Local people should be able to live in the cities where they're working and but back to my my question then so that you don't you don't think people with money have the right to just make money they should also um, what, what do you ask from them the people who own these buildings i actually think they should stay away to be perfectly honest i i think the old model of airbnb was uh fine the very original idea where you know if you think a family struggling a young family struggling and just a few extra dollars by renting a room a few days a year could be very helpful i think that model is is actually cool i do think that's cool um and happening but i don't think big investors should come in they have no stake in the community they're from new york or singapore or who knows where no i i think that there have to be laws in place to push them back and and one of the things i wanted to mention about amsterdam is Amsterdam is being very aggressive, in fact, with Airbnb since the ending of that memorandum. They actually tried to ban Airbnb in three central areas. And as I understand it, uh, they lost the city of Amsterdam lost in court, uh, but has appealed that decision. And the city councillor responsible for housing said that uh, I really loved it. He's really strong. He said, I don't think this judgment is rational. It's not based on good reasoning and we're appealing. Um, so I don't know where you think that's going to go, Hert, but uh, it's pretty aggressive and, and I think it's fantastic. So a legal, a legal fight between the city of Amsterdam and Airbnb is happening right now Gert, what do you say yeah yeah um finally uh, good um i would love to have seen this uh, eight years ago but okay then uh, airbnb was hip and happening uh indeed um amsterdam is fighting uh in court against uh airbnb um they wanted indeed want to uh, have a ban in some uh, areas where only tourists are uh, uh, staying in in illegal dwellings uh, or illegal hotels um, and that was, of course, the first step. If, if the municipality would have won this, maybe uh, other neighborhoods would have been uh, banned as well then as, as tourist uh, uh, neighborhoods. Leilani, I was also reading in a big Dutch newspaper about our friends Blackstone being very active. I guess that's it's also really, you know, that Gertjan talked about before that they're coming in. But it's, it seems to be a big story. It does seem to be a big story and an ongoing story. It's not uh, not going away. And I don't know um, if Amsterdam is the same as every other city right now with the pandemic where there are assets to be purchased and it's a very fertile ground for these big financial actors they're really on the move in so many cities i'm trying to track it's almost impossible to track because there are new massive acquisitions around the world right now as we as we speak i don't know if you're feeling that heat hurt in amsterdam from from the big financial actors like blackstone roundhill etc yeah we, we do see that but not in the last well corona year so this happened in uh, well 2019 20 uh, 2018 
Um, like Blackstone, for example, uh, yeah, as I said, they bought properties in Amsterdam, housing, dwellings for 500 million euro. Um, so that is a lot. They bought thousands of places. And what they do is um, they try to renovate it and therefore they're going to talk to the, the tenants living there and they say, well, um, do you want to move out? Or uh, they try to, to get it empty and then if uh, they're, they'll renovate and um, yeah, rent it out again to students, groups of students, so they can have the maximum profit. Um, last week, there was an action in Amsterdam. Uh, an empty property was squatted by a feminist anarchist uh, squad group. Um, police uh, kicked them out same day because squatting is not uh, legal anymore in the Netherlands. Um, and it was also a property by uh, by Blackstone. Um, so yeah, people do see, hey, like what what's going on and who owns the city? That's a very uh, actual uh, recent question again, like who owns the city? Um, that so much money is coming in uh, is also due to uh, government policy because they wanted to break the, 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 um, the power of the social housing corporations. So housing corporations have to pay a, a, a tax right now of 2 uh, billion euro a year for having social housing. Because if you have a free market uh, uh, housing uh, rentings, then you don't have to pay the tax. So there is this uh, from government a fight against social housing corporations. Um, they want less social housing, and they want the government want more just free market enterprise uh, uh, corporations. It seems to be like a, a big uh, ideological battle in the Netherlands. And There's a big shift, and, yes, yes. And in how, here in Pushback Talks, we had a guest a few months ago, uh, a former Dutch foreign minister, uh, but now the vice president of the European Commission, Franz Timmermans. Listen to that uh, interview. He's like a leading European social democrat and... His language was very clear. First of all, he said that it was a mistake. We, the Social Democrats, made a mistake that we opened up the market too much. And now we need more regulations. And, it, and so he was kind of clear. Is that, can you see this, the language is clearer within the Social Democrats and other progressive? Well, after the Social Democrats... Uh made way uh, for the market and the third way, uh, et cetera, et cetera, they, were, uh, they lost all elections and they're minimalized. Social Democrats are gone. Um, so they, they ruined themselves by uh, giving all power to the markets. And now uh, Timmermans can say, we have some, uh, we feel sorry doing that. So yeah, but most people in the Netherlands feel even more sorry because the Social Democrats are gone and all market-loving uh, parties, they, they um, yeah, are growing. And, and uh, also on the extreme right. And they are also uh, not very um, social housing-minded. You sound like a bit, bit pessimistic, uh, Kerjan. Is there, <laughs> is there any hope for your country or should we just... Oh, yeah, let yeah, the, yeah, yeah. We could, maybe we'll let the ocean in again and take the sea could take back the Netherlands. Is that a solution? Um, I have to think about this one. I'm, my house is below uh, <laughs> below sea level as well. <laughs> uh, how can we how can we share Hertjan up? Yeah, I I have to say I'm not feeling very cheery either because the conditions on the ground there and Hert is in the middle of it 
seeing it and hearing from tenants all the time. The conditions are just the opposite of the way they should be in the current period of time. You know, I'm seeing most governments, not most, but a lot of governments moving in quite a different direction now, especially because of the pandemic. I'm starting to see this movement of maybe our system is broken, maybe trickle down didn't work. Maybe liberalization was too liberal. I I mean, even the IMF, I mean, they talk out of both sides of their mouth, but even the IMF has started to make these iterations. And then I'm hearing from you what's happening in Amsterdam and Netherlands. And it just seems so backward selling off of social housing. I mean, it makes my my blood boil because, of course, we know how important and what a scarce resource social housing is, you know, so they should hang on to it, you know. I mean, Thatcher did this in the 80s in the exactly, UK. Exactly, exactly. now everybody in the UK says, okay, this was a major shift. Yeah. Since then, it's been hard to, to defend the right of poor, poor people. You know, yeah, like another thing happening here, uh, like uh, because you mentioned Thatcher, is uh, buy to let. A lot of yeah, small small time uh, investors. They have maybe two, three, four hundred thousand euro. They um, don't want to invest in shares anymore. The interests are very low. So what are you doing with? If you have some money, invest in stones, invest in Amsterdam, uh, and rent it out. Um, so that made the prices go up by by dozens of percent. The last year, the real estate. Prices in Amsterdam went up by 11% in one year only. That means if you buy a property of 400,000 euro, that's very average in Amsterdam, one year later, it's 440,000. So the, the, the house made 40,000 euro in a year. That is more than the average income of an Amsterdam worker. So you can work whatever you want, but the house is getting is is working is is, is getting more it's money by doing nothing. Doing nothing, exactly. only being a house. It's ridiculous. I mean, we are not uh, a stock market podcast. Otherwise, you would tell people to invest right now in housing because this is what <laughs> no, no, this no, is don't what, do it. This is what people are doing all over the world. And I mean, I I meet a lot of people who say, "Wow, it's a great investment." And it's, it's also if you buy, you can see small players buying up properties and then they put them in packages to then sell them on to big ones like Blackstones and so on. It's, it's the, you know, I've said it before, people with money are not that creative. They are, they are only looking for ways and they, they copy each other. And it's, you know, we don't mind people getting rich if they invent amazing tools, if they take signs to a new place or you know or they make a hit song but this this extremely lack of fantasy lack of creativity just putting money into our homes and making life so complicated for normal people it's sick yeah yeah we have some uh fights to to fight the next uh, um couple of years we have to change the the dogma of market 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 we have to bring that turn that into regulation and regulation um, we have to think more about the interests of the residents than the interests of the, the investors housing may cost some money it doesn't always have to make money for a, for a government Let, let's invest in good social and, and affordable housing 
the lack of affordable housing, that's the biggest, biggest problem. These investors, they suck all uh, creativity out of a city. They suck out all money out of the city because the money is going back to Luxembourg, Norway, or, or uh, maybe even Canada, but uh, America. Uh, so uh, also the money is, is, is not being invested again here. The money goes to money land, which is like a, it's, a, it's its own place somewhere out there. It's uh, yeah we have a, we have something to talk about and and uh, this was a, an alarm report from uh, Amsterdam under siege with uh, Hertjan Bakker from the Von NGO in Amsterdam. Thank you for being on the pushback talks, uh, Hertjan. It's like it's you you should keep us posted because this is really scary uh, and and let's hope the city can win the court fight but and also that you need you can bring out more people you should look at berlin where people actually go to the streets leilani this has been another week of pushback talks it has been i'm a little bit um now i'm not not a little bit i'm very worried now about amsterdam and the netherlands and of course as things are opening up with the pandemic I'm starting to imagine a world where I might actually travel again and meet with groups. And I'm in the midst here of developing a set of uh, human rights directives on how to deal with financialization. So what governments should be doing to address financialization. So maybe I'll put Amsterdam on my stop and we can have some discussions and bring people together to figure out how to put some energy and get get tenants really fighting back. Seems like a very good idea. You're welcome in uh, in Amsterdam. Leilani, how do we fund this beautiful podcast, Pushback Talks? With an ever-growing base of Patreons. It's growing and growing. I think we have 48 now. Is that Something right, Frederick? Like that. So it's 48 people who donate a small amount of money every month, $2 a month or $5 and... And then it's like giving us a beer, you know, or, or a glass of wine. And then we a little bit can pay for the cost. It's, it's, we're far away from paying the costs. Uh, but we're doing this because, I mean, I, because I can't do my work as a documentary filmmaker right now. So I'm just surviving. Uh, it's kind of a complicated time. But we try to stay relevant and try to, to keep smiling because... Uh, it's too boring to be a pessimist. Anyway, Leilani, uh, thank you for, for this week and we should talk soon. We will, Frederick. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you very much and, and thank you, Gert-Jan, from, from Amsterdam. Thank you. Bye-bye. Pushback Talks is produced by WG Film. To watch Push, visit pushtofilm.com. You can also support us by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash pushback talks. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>